Hello, it's Dr. Robert Hessink with the Wealth and Wellness Podcast. Hope you're doing well. We're going to talk about Social Security given the recent changes in some of their basic mechanics. Uh, normally, Social Security is combined in a Medicare talk, but since Medicare is a little more complex, I think uh, we'd rather have that for its own separate podcast. But they are connected because of that payroll tax that I'm sure almost everyone is familiar with. And it is a tax. It's not a contribution. Many times when I work with individuals or you hear people when we talk about change in Social Security, they say, don't change my contributions. Well, it's really not a contribution. And wisely, they labeled it a tax back in uh, the early days because I think they realized using it as a tax gave them much greater flexibility to alter or modify as per their desires. So when I think about Social Security, I think of it in three phases, funding, taxing, and using, right? So it, it really is earned wages. That's what the payroll tax comes off of. Your earned wages from a W-2, maybe you're employed by a company, large or small, or you're self-employed and you have a 1099. It's not passive income, it's not from royalties, so it's not something you'd find on a K-1, but it's at earned wages. Now, to really uh, reach um, the full re- Social Security retirement, you need to have 40 quarters that are fully funded. And right now, in 2016, each quarter you need $1,260 of earned income to qualify for Social Security and Medicare. That's not a very high bar, right? Just to show you kind of that it really was built for the old orphans and widows, and that hasn't changed too much. You know, maybe someday that that rate will be raised a little higher. So you need 40 quarters of those. And if you're a non-working spouse, the Social Security component isn't that important because a non-working spouse can always get 50% of the working spouse but they need 40 quarters to qualify for Medicare. So that is very critical when uh, a working parent is out of the workforce. They need to probably fill in a couple of quarters just to make sure they maximize Medicare. That's a great couples planning tool, by the way. So your primary insurance amount at your full retirement age, right, is based on a 35-year look back of your highest earning years. Right, so they go back and look at all those peaks, thankfully, and that's what they use to calculate your primary insurance amount. So if you have years where maybe you didn't file a W-2 or the W-2 didn't get uh, filed correctly or the number's wrong, you need to go in and take a look to make sure those are, those are good because that's going to impact your, your benefit in later years. So it is a payroll tax, right? And that tax is a combination of Social Security and Medicare. Social Security is 6.2, Medicare is 1.45 for a total of 7.65%, right? Now, if you're working uh, for a company, the employer is going to share that with you, right? The burden. So you're going to pay 7.65 and the employer is going to pay 7.65 for a total of 15.3%. Now, if you're self-employed, you're going to pay full freight. You're going to pay the full 15.3%. That's a tax, right? That's, that is quite a bit of money that's going into the future. 
Now, when you are a Schedule C employee, you need to think about some things, right? Normally, you want to keep your taxable income or taxable wages low, so you use a lot of deductions. So your Schedule C is low uh, because that's going to impact how much tax you pay. But you've got to realize on the flip side, that is impacting what your primary insurance amount is going to be at later years when you're starting to take that Social Security benefit. So as you age out into your career, you need to consider the balance of paying a little higher annual income tax for a much greater Social Security benefit in future years. It can be quite um, beneficial. Something you need to think about, talk about with your tax advisor. Now, the other part of the funding relates to the, the cap. How much money can you earn that's, that's taxed, right? Right now, the full tax is up to 118500 Anything above that, there's no tax. Maybe in future years, to uh, fill some of the, the unfunding gaps, they might raise that. So the higher earners will then have a much higher tax that's going in. Next, we have taxing, right? The taxation part. You know, was, Social Security wasn't included in your taxable income prior to 1984. But when you read the, the transcripts and you kind of look at the history of it, I think, I believe, in 1979, they started the discussion because the Social Security Administration realized that individuals were living longer and there was becoming this impact on their funding. And after several years of bantering about with many discussions, it uh, was decided that really 85% of Social Security is a taxable event. And they kind of use that saying, well, it's an employer match, employee contribution, and then the interest earned on that. And through all those discussions and calculations, they figured 85% was a good number. Well, 85 was kind of high, so they came up with this phase bracket to help kind of buffer this uh, taxable account. So if you earn less than $25,000, none of your income is brought into the calculation because you're, you're at the level where you're not really paying any tax, right? But if you're at single individual, if you earn between $25,000 to $34,000, 50% of that's going to be brought into your taxable income each year. If you make over $34,000 as a single individual, 85% is brought into the taxable equation. If you're married, 32000 to 44000 means you're going to have 50% of that brought into the calculation. Anything over 44000 is going to be taxed at 85%, right? So most of the individuals I work with, because of pensions, IRAs, they're at that 85% tax bracket. So you got to figure 85% of your Social Security is going to get brought back into your taxable income. Many times when I talk with my clients trying to get their distributions from their IRAs or pension plans, they say, Robert, I don't want to take that money this year. And I say, well, you have to. Uncle Sam wants some revenue. And basically that is deferred income from an IRA or a pension that is taxable. Now we've also, now that we've added Social Security, it kind of has compounded that, that calculation. So something you need to think about as you earn and you use. Now, there's an important component. If you start your benefit age 62, which is young, right? It's at the lower end. 
and you continue to work, it's going to impact on your the benefit you receive. So basically, if you receive um, earned income, it's going to impact how much money is going to be deducted out of your Social Security. So your benefit will be reduced up to a dollar in Social Security benefits for every $2 you make over $15,480, right? So you can make up to that $15,000 with no impact on your Social Security benefit. But above $15,480, every dollar that you, every $2 that you earn is going to cut back a dollar in your Social Security benefit. So you really need to think about that calculation. Now, when you get to full retirement age and you start taking your benefit, that all kind of gets filled back in. You don't lose that. They just kind of delay it to later years. But it is something when you're thinking about working and how much money you're going to make, you know, that does play a role. <clears throat> now we're going to talk about using. And as I said, uh, you can start Social Security at 62. Now, actually, you could start earlier if you're under a disability income claim. But that is a different scenario than starting at the 62 years that uh, actually data shows almost 40 to 43 percent of individuals start at 62. It's kind of unknown whether they do it because of their health or because they need it. But that's an awful lot of Americans starting a benefit that is very low. In fact, if you look at what they might have at full retirement age, they're getting about 25% less than if they had waited. Now, if you're 62 and you start the benefit and you live a long life, the equation probably will tend to either even out or be in your favor. But it's something you have to think about because there are issues in, in delaying and having that higher primary insurance amount. Now, likewise, if you... Um, delay taking your benefit at 65 or 66 and you wait until age 70, which is the time when you have to start taking your benefit, it's going to grow. So it's almost a 7-8% compounding growth that you're going to see a much higher PIA if you wait to age 70. And that has implications that we'll talk about in a minute. But, you know, you take it when you need to take it. Uh, maybe you have a, a poor health situation, but uh, it's something you need to consider. And you also need, need to consider all your income sources, your pension plans, your IRAs, your non-retirement accounts, your passive income, because it all kind of gets thrown in the mix. Because remember, 85% of your Social Security benefit is going to be brought into that taxable uh, figure for each calendar year. Now, the file and suspend uh, process was um, a good way that couples could kind of game the system in their favor. But as of the end of April, that is gone. But what remains is the restricted application, which is uh, similar in the fact that it, it allows one couple, uh, a couple to have one individual draft off another uh, individual using their spousal benefit. But to take advantage of that, you had to be 62 by the end of 2015, which means you have until December of 2019 to use the restricted application. <clears throat> this usually works best when there's a little age discrepancy by about three to five years between spouses. 
because uh, the one spouse needs to be at full retirement age while their other spouse can be at age 62. Usually it works best when an ind- one of the individuals, hopefully the younger person, will have a lower PIA amount because what we're doing in this strategy is drafting off the lower uh, benefit to allow the higher person to have their benefit grow to that age 70 so the couple can have a much higher monthly benefit in future years. But remember, it's going to be gone soon, so if you're in that zone or you know people in that zone, let them know, hey, get a hold of the Social Security, talk about restricted applications. Spousal benefit, a person can either use their own or they can use 50% of their spouse. Now, many times the stay-at-home spouse or the non-working spouse is going to have to draft off of the the higher earner because it's just going to be a much higher figure. But this is where it comes into play of, well, maybe you let the lower income person start taking their benefit and the higher person just continues to work and let their benefit grow. This is the, the kind of calculation in terms of being dynamic that couples need to think about. Now, remember, it's a 35-year look back. So if you are still working up through age 70 and you're earning some high numbers, that's going to be able to impact your PIA because Social Security Administration does a look back every year to see how your current wages impact your PIA. So that's an important component as well. So there's the death benefit. The surviving spouse can either take their benefit or the deceased spouse, whichever one is higher. There's a children benefit. Maybe those of you that started having children later in life, an individual 62 or older can file a claim for a a child that's under 18, use the child benefit. The child gets about 50% of the PIA. uh, So that's a unique little uh, feature that can be used. So we talk about the changes. You know, many times I talk about with clients like, wow, you started your Social Security. We didn't really have that conversation. And sometimes they say, well, I just needed it. You know, I have bad health. Uh, Other times they say, well, I I started it because Social Security is going to go bankrupt. I want to make sure I get all my benefits. And, you know, hence five or ten years, those people now have have started something. Social Security is still around. Maybe they haven't got quite the benefit that they should have. I don't really have too many problems with Social Security. It's Medicare that might be a little more issue in the future. We still are underfunded, right? The trustees of the Social Security Administration every year put out a report talking about how good or bad it is. In 2015, they actually increased the year uh, of which the funding would be limited. They, 2034 is now the year at which the funding will then become three-quarters of the benefit through the year 2089. Now, those are some pretty long numbers out, but Social Security Administration knows the world's going to be around. they got to plan for it. You need to plan for it because we're all living longer. And it's very important that you consider your earning, your taxing, and your using of the Social Security benefit. Because it is a benefit, right? Now, it was originally only planned to cover about 35% of your income as a replacement source. But now, 
sadly, I think 53% of married couples, 74% of in single individuals, Social Security is covering for greater than 50% of their income. And that just is a reflection that as a society, we have had very low savings rates, low investing rates that makes individuals just rely upon this benefit for their use in later years. What my job is as an advisor is to make sure that my clients have money during retirement because I know for a fact retirement, whether now or in the future, is a whole lot more fun when you have money than when you don't. So you know what you got to do? Look at your Social Security, go online, get the security uh, system set up uh, because you don't want to be hacked. That's something that's very critical. It's a very neat system. That's it for now. Dr. Robert Hesslink with the Wealth and Wellness Podcast. I hope you enjoy this. As always, I'd like to hear back from you. Give me a call. Shoot me an email. I'm at centerpointadvisors.com here in Lake Oswego, Oregon. The phone, 951-533-1563. That's it. Hope you have a great summer and get ready to listen to the Medicare podcast coming soon. Bye-bye.